Trigger warning, there is child marriage mentioned in this episode, and there is also a brief mention of sex with a minor at the end of this episode. It's nothing graphic, but we wanted you to know in advance. Welcome to the Wild and Curious podcast, a show that's part travel, part feminism, and completely inspired by extraordinary women worldwide. I'm Teresa Christine. And I'm Suzanne Schmetting. Let's talk about periods, baby. I remember specifically when I was younger that my periods were really kind of sporadic and all over the place. Mm -hmm. But I remember specifically like when this was kind of just starting for me, I did an exchange program and went to Germany and had this humongous suitcase and it felt like half of it was filled with pads. Oh. Because I was worried I was going to get my period. And you know how you're like... I, they might not have the brand of pad that I yes. use. A lot of brand loyalty to so much brand products. loyalty. Yeah, <laughs> every person who menstruates has some sort of story associated with it, and like I, I had a similar thing where mine was really sporadic, and like it would last for two weeks, and then and then I wouldn't get it again for you know another six months, and and I was alternatively both very excited to get my period you know, I felt like I was, I was this adult and, and it was this rite of passage, but I was also mortified. And these conversations are really important because like the person on the show today, she is not only providing menstrual products, but you know, there are, there are all sorts of projects like this that we've read about before that are happening kind of all over the world. There's even, there's one here in Los Angeles that, that we know about of people providing these uh, feminine hygiene products. And something that is so special about what our guest Harriet today is talking about is she's also incorporating education. And I think that is a place where uh, when it comes to education about periods, we have really we really need to open that up for not just girls, but also young boys and, and people of all genders. Absolutely. Gumushabi Harriet Ruosa, you can just call her Harriet, uh, started the Happy Girls Project in Uganda, which makes and supplies reusable sanitary pads for school-age girls in her hometown of Kabale, Uganda. If I'm to talk about like how periods are, are being perceived around here, most people here feel it like it's something unclean. So like when a girl is in their period, she feels she's unclean and someone, especially male, when they see that you're having like a mark on your cloth, that nothing, no one can really be brave to tell you that you have something like this because they consider it as something unclean. That's what how periods are being perceived, like mostly around here in Uganda. I mean, here in the United States, and I think just in general, getting your period is it's becoming a woman and it can be kind of exciting. It's a very big deal. Why is it bad for girls? How does it affect their lives in Uganda? Uh, like then, like, of course, if girls are 
uh, 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 having something unclean on them and how it is being seen by the other people, they feel embarrassed, you know, they feel stigmatized. So like if they have their periods, at some point they hide it, like they try to hide it. So they are mostly, because they, you know something that is embarrassing, it, no, you don't want anyone to know about it. Mm. So most girls, like when they have their periods, they don't go to class. They miss out in class. Let's say they are going, to, they they are schooling. They don't go to class because they fear someone may see them and and know how unclean they are. Or you know, like it's it embarrasses them. And mostly when they don't have uh, sanitary kits, when they don't have pads. Mm-hmm. They don't bother going to classes because they they fear they feel stigmatized and they they lose they lose their you know like their courage to face the the community to face the other people around them so they try to hide themselves from the from the community from other people. That's so sad, and that means they miss out on important school year. Exactly. Like mostly there are some regions. We have some regions called like the Karamoja regions, regions when they when a girl is seen with them being in periods, they there is a way they feel like that that it affects crops, you know that oh. you know that kind of perception. Yeah, that's wild. Yeah, it is. It is. So with this kind of stigma that is surrounding having your period and not being able to go to school, how did you get the idea for Happy Girls Project? Uh, so, okay, like we talked, I, uh, like in 2012, I was finishing my A-level. We have A-level here, so from senior one to senior six. So I was in senior six, mm-hmm. having started from some, some from a local primary school. I was a little younger, but I saw how many girls dropped out of school uh, because they had, like, let's say they were in class and their uniforms were soiled because they were, they, they are having their periods. So they would miss out. Or if they, 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 the other people embarrasses them, they would stop coming back to school. So they would drop out of school. Yeah. So like, when you come, you you go to school. You can't trust that hundred percent. So like when you are in class, you are seated somewhere like on a bench. You find that that you have sold your uniform. So who, so most most boys or, or the people around them, whenever they could see something like that, they would embarrass them. So the girls would fear not feel not comfortable to come back to school. They would drop out. So most girls dropped out of school. Mm-hmm. I, so when I was growing up, I saw this thing, and me myself, I was, I felt the same when I got my first parents. I was a little like in um, in secondary school, mm-hmm. but I knew I had some knowledge uh, about periods, but I didn't have what to use during my periods. Yeah. So I. I, I missed a lot in school because I remember there is one time I missed out in class because I I I I, I was having um my periods 
I missed out the whole exam. So I had to repeat the class because I couldn't have my, my, the, my periods came during the time we were having, like the time we were having uh, our exam. So I missed the whole year mm. and I had to repeat that class. So like if someone was not strong enough to continue, most people would lose morale and drop out of school. If something like this happened to them, you see? Yeah. Sure. Yeah. You know, and it's such a tender age too, when you can get embarrassed really easily. And it's, it's hard to fight for yourself, for your own education like that. Yeah. And in places where women are, cons- are not like, you know, where the, we are just having women empowerment, like this era, but those times we really, women were left behind. So whenever you could run to your mother, she really couldn't be having like something enough. If she wasn't working and if she was depending on your father or something, she couldn't help you much. So you definitely would not be having somewhere to run to. You'd rather get married off to someone who is older than you so that you can live off. So when I was in, um, in 2012, I kept seeing things like these, things like this. So I was like, maybe if I grow up, if I can find a way of doing something, yes, I will do it. So after my secondary school, uh, after my A-level, that is 2012, I couldn't go to the university because I wasn't able to raise money to, we never had, I never had, money to take me to the university, I started working. Mm -hmm. Yes, I started working. So in that process of working, I kept researching. I kept learning about period poverty. I started, you know, so that I can do something because these things are still there. Whatever we were facing then, these things are still there. So that in 2012, when I started working, I decided that I can do something. Maybe I should tell people. So I started by telling girls, like I would be seated with girls and boys, and I bring out things that that concerns period so that the boys around could really hear it because I wasn't embarrassed about it and talk about it even when the girls were there so that they don't feel shy around boys if it's about periods. That's when... um, I started talking about, it was just about talking. So later in time, yeah, because I felt like maybe the more we keep these things away from boys, the more they would keep feeling that it is abnormal or it's something embarrassing. Yeah, if you talk about it and it's out in the open and people are educated yeah. about it, that's a great first step. Yeah. Yeah, because when we talk, we were talking like most girls would feel, would feel embarrassed because the, the, the they would be like, no, why would she talk about these things when the boys are around? But the more we talked about them, the more people got used about, like the guys, the the men. That's what they started getting used about periods and what they are. And I could like, you go to a shop and you want a pad, I would just ask for a pad. Here, whenever you want to go and ask, you want to buy like a pad, mm-hmm. you definitely have to find something. Here they call it a bread. So <laughs> so you'd ask like, give me that bread for, for women. They call it bread for women. <laughs> so you can't say it out like, I want those pads. So, but for me, I would just go there and tell a guy, 
can I have those pads, please? So it's, yeah, just to make, I, I wouldn't want to be embarrassed, to, to, to feel embarrassed and expect the other one not to feel embarrassed. So I would just say it out the way it is so that they feel like it's normal. Yeah. The more you talk about it in a normal way, then the, the more it will become more normal. And when did you start? making the pads in that process of talking about all this i was still looking on how i can make pads so in 2012 i made my first pads and 2018 rather i made my first pads and gave them out hmm. to a school to the girl to the, to a group of girls in a certain school that's when i launched the project and you probably changed their lives indeed uh, because the, the the school I went to was in a remote area, the first school. Of course, I normally go to the schools which are in deep, deep villages because the people who are around towns, they are a little better. They know things. They have, uh, they can buy, most of them can buy themselves parts. But people who are in deep villages, it's really hard because mm. I have always met people who have never seen a sanitary part who have never seen, but they have been having parents. Sure. But have never seen a sanitary pad or a tampon or anything. This is when we started. I was like, now that we have this kind of, if these people can use, use clothes, what about if I go and buy a piece of cloth that is clean enough and sew it up? Can't I make something like a pad rather than, having these, their clothes cut up, these which are unclean. Can't I have something specifically which can be like a pad? So this is when I started to make my own pads. I love that not only are you talking to these young boys and girls and educating them and, and normalizing a period, but you're also using locally sourced materials that are sustainable as well. And in that way, you're investing in the community. Exactly, yeah. Since the project runs largely on tourism, how are you managing during COVID? Okay, uh, we are trying, like we have a few friends, like people from abroad who are sending in some donations. It's not doing so well as of mm. right now. It's really not doing so well. And the, the another thing, most kids are still at home. They haven't gone to school. So I hope that when we, the school opens and maybe the situation normalizes, we can get like enough donations so that we can keep supplying these girls with pads. I think I looked on your website and the cost is 10 US dollars. We'll give a, a young person three reusable pads for that year. Yeah. That's yeah. so wonderful. So we'll definitely be including the website in our show notes so people can go and, and hopefully donate if, they're, if they'd like to. Yeah, because like those three parts can last them a year. So we keep track of these girls. If I give them like this year, I have to continue and go back there and give them the next year. Oh, that's so great too. So that's not just I, like keeping using yeah. the same ones yeah. over and over. Oh, yes. Yes. And uh, another thing we have added on the pads, we like whenever I go for a visit, I give them a bucket, like uh, if, if a, a little, not so big, not so small bucket where they can have their pads kept and washed from. Oh, so yes. 
So in our package, we normally have three sanitary pads, one bar of soap, because most, most of these people can't even buy themselves soaps because they are poor. If someone can lug something like a pad, you think about how clean they can be. So we decided to give them a bar of soap, three pads, and a panty. Yes, so that like, let's say that you are in a family and instead of sharing a basin with, with the people in the family and all that, you rather have your own bucket. Then mm -hmm. with that, your bucket, you can have yourself like cleaned, your, yourself cleaned, your, your pad washed, like all that. So that is what we have included beside the three sanitary pads. To have someone care about you, to give you those things is so nice. Yeah. You've had this for two, almost three years going yeah. now. How have you seen people responding to Happy Girls Project? And how have you seen young people benefit from the products? Okay, so like from the, what we make, Let's say that someone was missing a class because they can't afford a sanitary pad. Now that we give them like free of charge, we don't take a penny from these girls. We don't take a penny from their parents. We give, we give them free of charge. So now that they have these things at their exposure, like they have them now, they are easily and able to move around and to go to classes without anything like a worry. We give them three parties so that these are enough to last them the whole day. Or if you use like this one today, like up to, let's say from morning to, to let's say to 3 p.m. or to 2 p.m., you can keep them, you can keep it because we give them special small bags alongside those pads, small bags so that if you have, you have used one, you can keep it, then get another one, wear it again. Then if like you have where to keep your pads from. So these people are now comfortably attending their classes. They are really happy. They are not worried at all. And then the community, the people, the women especially, we ha I have a group of women who are making these pads because I can't make them alone. I have women who are making these parts and they are paid. So they have a little income they put in their pockets whenever they help us to make these parts. So with this little money they make from making these parts, you know, it helps them. They develop themselves in one way or the other. Definitely. And aside from the fact that you're giving jobs to people, the fact that you're gifting education to you, to young girls is so important exactly. because education like that, it sounds so cheesy, but it really opens up the doors to so many other opportunities. Yes, because I, I believe if a girl is empowered, if a girl is educated, I'm sorry, I may be so much speaking about girls and leaving the boys out, but <laughs> this is... <laughs> <laughs> but this is really what I am focusing on. I haven't seen boys dropping out of schools because they are having like something normal, like periods or something. So mostly they drop out because they, they, they this problem they face, they are the same, they, they can be faced by girls as well. So I'm sorry if I don't talk about boys, but these girls face a lot if it comes to, 
periods. However much it is so normal to other world, to, to, to the other people, it's still like something that, you know, it can inconvenience them if it's not tackled right. Definitely. Yeah. So I believe if girls are educated, they can take care of, of themselves. Like if your daughter comes, if like, let's say like if my daughter comes and tell me about she's getting her parents, or even my young sister, because I'm a little educated, I really know what to do. I really know how to help. I really know what to tell them, you see. Yeah. So if the more girls are educated, the more periods, embarrassment, and all those ones. Because let me tell you, there are some guys who use this chance of because a girl doesn't know about, like, let's say periods, they try to teach them things that are different or which are the, the, like in their own interests. Like most of them can lure them to having sex with them impregnating them in the process or they can lie to them come i'll buy for you these pads then in exchange you sleep with me so you see that kind of a thing or if you have the period some one who is malicious can come to you and be like oh yes you are now ready you are a woman so i can initiate you to be a woman so they use that chance and have sex with you but if you are really educated if you really know what all these things are. No one can lie to you. No one can use your naivety to, to, to cut short your future. Your work is directly impacting the education of your community. And, yes. and I think that's so important and wonderful. So given that that is what you have already been working on, what do you hope for the future of, of your community, of education, around periods or or of, of the Happy Girls Project? Okay, so what we really hope for, we hope that let's say like in the future, we can have like somewhere we are operating from. And the things we want to, to do around is, we will teach, of course, we are already teaching girls on how to make these buds themselves. I have had seminars around like having a group of ladies or or women or, or girls, I have already told them how to make these parts themselves. And those ones I can't even reach. I have moved around and and taught them how to, to use their hands, like a needle and a thread, to make something like, to make a part for themselves. So that I'm hoping like in the future, if we can get enough money, we can have our own center, like our own workplace, where we, we will put like a workshop where we teach girls. Let's say the girls, um, we can have like workshops, then we can teach girls on how to make these parts for themselves, how they can use their hands to make different things like which can help them to, to get money or to earn in one way or the other. Let's say they are into crafts, they, they are into weaving or tailoring, in one way or the other, they can. If we can't get white collar jobs, then we can use our own hands so that we can get income. So we were chatting after we had stopped recording and Harriet wanted to make sure that we gave a shout out to the project coordinator for Happy Girls Project, Michelle O'Donnell, which is how we even got involved with talking to Harriet in the first place. 
she is an amazing woman. She's been working with Harriet for the last year or so. And she was just terrific to, to communicate with and getting this all set up. Yeah, it's so crazy because who knows if we would have found this project without her. I know. I mean, I, I kind of hope that we would, but I'm so glad that it was put on your radar and that you reached out to her. Yeah, me too. What were some things that stood out to you? I think probably the idea of period poverty. You know, she was talking about about giving the girls their own bucket and bar of soap. And it's something that I'm very, very privileged and lucky that I don't have to think about having my own bucket and bar of soap when I have my menstrual cycle. And it's just, that's not the way it is for many people in the world. Yeah. And that's a great point that you make is in the world, because I think it's easy for people in the United States to think, oh, well, that's a thing that happens elsewhere. It's a thing that happens here too. Sure. But if you don't have pads here, right? are you going to go to school? Like maybe not. And so it's something that happens everywhere. So that's such a good point that it's worldwide. I love the way she talked about educating boys and girls, even when it gets a little bit uncomfortable. Education is something that we've really seen as sort of a, a common thread in a lot of these stories from the people that we speak with is when young people or when, you know, people who identify as women are given the same equal education and opportunities, they have this opportunity to flourish that otherwise can really just keep them in this cycle of poverty and this cycle of um, unfortunate circumstances. If you would like to contribute to Happy Girls Project, it costs only 10 US dollars to make three reusable sanitary pads, which can keep a young menstruating girl in school. Learn more about Happy Girls Project or make a donation at happygirlsproject.com. You can also find Happy Girls Project on social media. Their Instagram handle is at Happy Girls Project Uganda, and they're on Facebook as Happy Girls Project. If you enjoy listening to the Wild and Curious podcast and would like to contribute to helping us make this thing run, you can. You can Venmo us at the Wild and Curious or via PayPal at paypal.me slash the wild and curious anything you send big or small will go towards the costs of running a podcast that's dismantling the patriarchy it means so much to us when people rate our show in itunes and leave reviews we read those sweet nothings and yes we cry about them we also love it when people send our podcast to someone who they think will enjoy it feminists sharing feminist content is the best <laughs>